welcome to the last Church and Other Drugs ever. Ever of, of 2018. How many other entertainment people made that joke? All of them. Well, probably all of them. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Happy New Year's Eve, congregation. Happy New Year's Eve. My name is Jed. My name is Debesh. How are you, sir? I'm okay. It's been, you know, just like time off from work. I don't, well, school. I don't know what day it is. I'm getting fat. My gym is closed. Just kind of. <laughs> yeah, we, we, had to, we hit it hard yesterday and the day before. Oh, gym? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, dude, so they're they're revamping the Krav Maga gym. So, like, I figured, oh, like, I'm going to go to Lafayette, New Orleans for a little bit, come back and just hit Krav hard since I have this time off. And he's, and then I was like, yo, man, I'm coming to class today. I was about to take my pre-workout. And he's like, oh, no, man, like, with the gym shut down, we're doing construction on it until January 2nd. Ooh. Like, oh. <laughs> dude, you're going to be so out of shape. I hate it. I, uh, I, I did. I do like that. Uh, like I, I figured that if I even take like four, four days off, then I'm going to go back and be so weak. But it's like I guess I'm at that point where it's like uh, I can take a week off and go back, and I'm like, oh wait, okay, actually maybe yeah. I was going too much because I was like, ex- like giving yourself a chance right to back heal. Into is, it. Yeah, 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 that's good. I feel like I got there, but then this last time I was like, like I just went to my apartment complex gym, which is just really trash, like they all are. But we, I hit oh. a. Uh, uh, deadlift personal record. Oh, you did? Yep, three oh nine twice. Damn, son. Yeah, dude. Nice, yeah. nice. I need to do that stuff more. We do it every now and then, but I'm not really a deadlifter. Oh, it feels so good. Yeah, it's, like, it's the best. It's like uh, it's my new um shooting up cocaine substitute oh really it feels like i don't know if the i don't know if the head rush is like safe or or (laughs) but it's literally it's like you almost pass out when you're done and like it it feels good i don't know it's like a full body like i I guess it's that feeling of like oh power right yeah all my neurons are like we almost died sweet let's celebrate (laughs) (laughs) it it, it feels it makes yeah it is very like prime one just like "Mm." Me lift heavy thing. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that 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 reminds me that the gym always, especially Reds, would like. There's this. There's, um, yeah. I guess people that don't know. So Reds is like it's a, a it's a 36 acre like establishment in Lafayette. Yeah, this third massive, biggest gym in the in the country. Yeah, the so. guy that owns it was a former Mister Universe and all this stuff. Um, so it's awesome. just fucking yeah. huge. And so the people that go there are like your classic are like, huge, yeah. humongous <laughs> steroided gorillas, dude. And I want to be like, because there's this one dude, especially. It's just like, what do you do? During the day, what do you do for a living in which you can have that? You sure as hell can't type. You can't sit (laughs) in a seat. Like, what do you do, man? It it, it always reminds me of my favorite. Turn around in your chair to talk to people. He literally can't turn all the way around. He waddles, you know? Yeah. Yeah, dude. His his neck muscles are so strong, it prevents him turning. And and there's the funniest onion headline was. Local man at the gym gets strong, wonders, now what? <laughs> <laughs> it's Where do so you go true. from there? And you know what? That's, maybe this is like another topic, but like, 
people, you know, what's sad is like I think it was like maybe 2017. There was a lot of deaths of like swole people in recovery. Like maybe not this last year, but the one before. A lot of debt. Like I just there's I feel like there's so many people who get like tied into like that that like becomes their recovery and like and nothing else. And then they finally achieve those gains, and then it's like. Yeah, it's like it's like the, that yeah, article. What? Like, what now? What yeah, now? Like, what are you gonna do with it? You better invent a time machine and go find a Viking battlefield you can <laughs> hop on. For real, it's yeah, it's and it and then it's like and then especially at that level, once you're there, it's like you better keep that shit up, or you're gonna look very weird and misshapen, yeah. and you'll get you yeah know, the saggy you feel really pecs. bad. Yeah, I guess that. Yeah, yeah. And and, and then this, yeah, the steroids are the natural temptation. That's true. Yeah, a lot of a lot of us end up going out like that. I remember my buddy's mom. She was a you know Al-Anon black belt. She was just like, "Yeah, son, you're gonna you're gonna look really good in that grave." I was like, <laughs> oh, "Wow!" <laughs> I, was, I was like, "Ow!" That was that was the sickest burn I've probably ever. Heard. So what's happening? Um, yeah, what? I don't know. It's been a. What else is up? Oh, if you, I won't do it here. But if you want to hear my feelings on Bird Box, I devoted the entire Patreon episode to it. You know, <laughs> short Dude, answer. You know what's weird? What's weird is I had a dream last night that we were talking on the phone and like discussing movies. And it was just like, I was like, yeah, I don't know. I feel different than you on this, this, and this. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's fine. You know, you, you can be wrong. It's okay. It's okay. It's completely fine. Anyway, well, we're not going to get into Bird Box. Yeah. I, thought it was, I thought it was decent. That was okay. Well, you can, that's like I said, it's okay to be wrong. You know, <laughs> monkeys can type, shake, type Shakespeare too. Mm. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah they, they could do other things too that's true um <laughs> no oh the other so the the other fun thing we've started on patreon so it's this game i heard of and i started playing and it's so we can play one round um at the end of the show uh yeah. but it's so you go on wikipedia and you randomly type in a word Mm-hmm. We we to be completely fair, we used a random word generator. All right. Oh so word. Completely word. random word. Yeah. <laughs> oh word word. Oh yeah. word. <laughs> dictionary. I'm gonna start saying dictionary instead of word. <laughs> um, and then you see how many clicks it takes to get to Hitler. <laughs> and so, like, you can only click the blue hyperlinks on the page. Yeah. Yep. How many did it take y'all Dude, for the we- last? Uh, the last one we got it in two. What? It's shockingly like, yeah, dude. So it's literally like we're answering the riddle from the owl, the Tootsie Pop. Yep, but about Hitler. Except on Wikipedia. Hitler. Right, right. So we'll, Way more relevant. Who eats fucking Tootsie Pops? They're disgusting, dude. They're, <laughs> the blow pops are good with the gum. Those are delicious. Right, those are good. Tootsie Pops are, it's like, nasty. let me reward your hard work with doo-doo candy. With doo-doo in the middle. Ugh. Like the outside was better. Exactly. And then, it, <laughs> ugh. and then, like, when you get closer, the doo-doo mixes with whatever fruit flavors. The ugh, grape is what the is worst. It? What is this fruit doo-doo? What is this? What is what? this tropical doo-doo? 
fucking gross, dude. Who is behind that? Who is still keeping the Tootsie Pop industry alive? Yeah, if you're still eating Tootsie Pops, hit us up. Let us know so we can shame you. Yes, please. I will (laughs) gladly shame you. Um, Yeah. Well, I don't want. I was gonna pivot real hard onto a lot of deaths this year, but mm, yeah. were man, what the fuck? Yeah. This year, this, this, this is year, in addiction deaths. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, so I'm very thankful for you. I'm thankful for uh, for Same. John that people are still here, man. Stay mm-hmm. uh, vigilant, man. I know it's uh. Man, it's like recovery is something, dude. And it's like sometimes it's like I don't really know why we're sober. I mean, we do right. some things, you know. But like some people that did some things died. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't even it's know. crazy. It's like there is there literally is. I don't know. It, I was gonna say there is no rhyme or reason, but I guess there kind of is. I mean, there's. <laughs> Kind of not. I guess it really comes. I mean, I'll throw it back. I feel like it just comes down to God. I guess. I yeah. Mean, you know. I, I think so. I would be willing to bet. Well, that's presumptuous, but I, I don't know. I feel like if you are, I don't know, because I know people that have been close to God too that have died. But I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's. I think. It, I think it's honestly about about like. Getting when there's something in you that gets so uncomfortable when you're disconnected from God that you have to turn back, yeah, to God because you're gonna like it's like you're gonna connect to something, you yeah. have to. And for us, I think our options are connect to God or connect to dope. Well, yeah, and I guess, and there's like certain I just still so there's the perfect example is like this year. Um, I got the flu. Yeah, this past year I got the flu, like mm. bad, 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 bad. I felt Shit. like I was dying, and like I had a fever, mm. and like yeah, we go back and listen to the episode when I was dying. But then mm. I mm. went to the urgent care, and they gave me a script for um cough syrup with codeine in it. Mm. And mm. I was like, dude, I'm fucking dying. I have the flu. Like I can I can take this as directed. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, better call your sponsor. And I called, I called Chris, and he was just like, mm-hmm. "No, nah, I wouldn't." And I was like, nah, "Okay, that was that." And I dumped it in the, I dumped it in the toilet and flushed it, and like Chris. that was that. So it was like, I still have, I still do the things that I've been told, which is like, yeah. I don't trust yeah. myself on big yes. decisions like that. Yes, big. Because who knows? You know what I'm saying? Like that, that could have been <laughs> Satan's little foothold right there. Yeah, like, I know. I went, to, I went to a meeting on Friday. The guy was picking up a year after having six years, and he had you know dental surgery and and, and got the lower tabs, and then ended up taking fifty in three days. You know, and uh, yep, it's a miracle he came back, man. Like, like that shit's crazy. Yeah. So I mean, there's definitely a healthy. I mean, you know, there. I have a seriously. If I'm hiding something, it's because I'm fucking hiding it, and I know it's wrong. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, there, there are no. I'm not. I have no illusions of like my power over any like drugs. It's just like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, dude. Yeah, I yeah. love them too much. Yeah, I think there's like you gotta know how you are and and like give 
alcoholism and addiction it's it's due respect that, that's a good yeah dude because when like, i start to saying, be respected yeah when i as, start as a formidable opponent dude i mean absolutely absolutely yeah. the same and it's <laughs> the same and it's funny my I, it's why i love my friends because i was even like there's a second i was like when i was going through my depression stuff and i was like oh micro dosing i wonder if i could do that and then I, and I asked Brent and I was like, I was like, so what do you think about microdosing? Like for me? And he was like, absolutely not. He's like, I think that'd be the dumbest thing ever. And I was like, okay, moving on. Like, there we go. That's all I needed. You can't microdose, I know, I know. man. You know, that's, I, we still got that mind, dude. Yeah. You yeah. The, yeah. The, I wonder. Yeah. Yeah. On, oh, and all these things. You know. I did, uh. Look, dude, it's making a little red dot on You see that? Oh, no, you're the one with the red dot, not me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did start Zoloft, though. So that's in, yeah. And so Jed's Depression Journal, episode 7042. Like, So we have started Zoloft, day three. So mm-hmm. I'm now on Wellbutrin and Zoloft, and so far, so good. Sweet. Good. Yeah, it's a super yeah. common one, and it's one that I just never tried in my... 18 years. Oh, really? I never no. tried it, dude. Huh. Isn't that funny? It's like the most yeah. basic one. Yeah, it's like the first one they prescribed normally. Yep. I think what happened was I thought that I tried it, so every doctor I've been like, yeah, I tried it. It didn't work. Oh. Douche, you know? Yeah. And But then I was like, wait a minute. I don't think I ever yeah. tried that. Oh, I've done that before. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, yeah. yeah. Here's hoping, yes. man. I think, mm-hmm. I think 2019 is going to be a good year. Me too. I think it is. I think a lot of things will change. Um, I'm hopeful for 2019. And I'm not like new year, new me. I feel like things in the in the atmosphere, in the in the world are changing. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to 2020 strictly mm-hmm. because it's aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. I yeah. hate odd numbers, dude. <laughs> yeah. 2013, yeah. gross. Gross. 2011, get out of town. <laughs> 2007, what? Ugh. How are you even a year? Gross. 2020, <laughs> oof. That sounds oof. miraculous. Two twos and two zeros, bro? Right? Dang. So many sci-fi prophecies from Absolutely. years past. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Finally, the worldwide hindsight will be uh, 2020. <laughs> Everyone can just see clearly. Optometrists everywhere just explode. It's, it's like it's like a lens crafter's Y2K. Yeah, when it turns 2021, they're all, do you, they're all just... Do you remember Y2K? I, I was oh, actually God, yeah. scared. I remember, so I was at my friend Matt's house, me, uh-huh. him, and his dad, and mm-hmm. I remember thinking... I should have stayed home because we might actually die. And I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> this shit is scary. I kind of remember, and I kind of don't. I kind of remember being like, why is everybody freaking out, man? It's just stupid. But I also remember, like, like checking my computer clock, like, right after because I thought that computers would crash, kind of, maybe. Yeah, you know? well, it w- I remember I wasn't scared until the countdown. And then that seed of doubt, I was like, oh, wait, but what if? (laughs) And they say, you know, that there's another more serious Y2K. I think it's going to happen in like 2034. There is like another computer bug with something with their Mm -hmm. timing systems where it'll just go to like all. I'm probably misquoting it. It's Mm -hmm. 
but it's this one's like going to happen, I think, hmm. and it will be a problem. Hmm. Something like that. Interesting. I don't know. We'll see. Fuck. Something better happen. I'm bored. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that deal. It's like with addicts. Like we're so like we're like we like just move towards crazy situations. Like you know, everyone's running away from the twin towers, and we're running towards them. You know, it's yeah. like we just we we love the. Yeah, it's exciting, man. The edges of life, you know. Yeah, it's very. It's because we've been. I mean, yeah. I mean, like we've been driving around a Lamborghini, and then we're stuck in a Volkswagen Beetle. Right. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. Can something just blow up? Right. <laughs> yeah. That's awful. But can, well, can something blow up but nobody be harmed? Yeah, but nobody be harmed. Like yeah, kind of... like serious. Well, no, like serious consequences. I just, I just, just entertain me. Or yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess movies kind of trained me for that too. Yeah. yeah, because it's, it's like I remember, I remember like liking hurricanes and flooding, and then I was in mm-hmm. the flood, and I was like, yeah, it's it's exciting the when it's happening, and then the months and months of bullshit and like you and loss you have to put oh, up yeah, with are nuts. not worth it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the idea of it, like the newness of it, like the variation of it, is like, oh, there's something different. And then it just, but then it, then, then it, it turns into this normal. monotonous thing with loss and death and just like, yeah, horrible things. Yeah, and you're like, okay, wait, maybe that wasn't worth it. I couldn't really see that far ahead. Yeah. <laughs> um, but let's. Uh, we need to go to this interview with Nate Allen, who's a uh, musician and uh, dealing with some spiritual abuse from his past and let's uh let's uh hear his little story it's here nate dog Just uh, enjoying a, a busy Sunday afternoon. Yeah, what's busy about it? Uh, I added a show last minute tonight uh, with some friends in a band called Flatfoot Fifty Six, and so we're. Uh, I found out about I don't know two o'clock last night that I was going to be playing tonight. So that added a bunch of uh, extra adventure extra, to the day. Extra tension. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, why don't you give a little uh, brief intro about yourself and uh, your newest uh, project coming out? Oh, my! Na- I've been touring for, gosh, since two thousand four, uh, in- independently with lots of different projects. Uh, Destroying It, Allen was a band that I toured with for years, and I still do. Um, 
And this new project I have is called Good Saint Nathaniel, which is exploring my uh, kind of recovery process um, and uh, recovery process from from church wounding, but also the process of just going through tons and tons of life change in the last five years. So that warranted a musical direction that was not pure party all the time and much, much quieter. So it's a new Mm -hmm. project called Good Saint Nathaniel that uh, has developed in that recovery space. So were your were your previous like were would you consider yourself or the destroyed Nate Allen would that were you did you consider yourself a Christian band Christian musician? Uh I mean that's <laughs> I, I I feel like I'm complicated about that like everybody else that I yeah, know. Yeah. Um, yes or no? We, yes or no? <laughs> no my my wife and I are Christians and we we uh, we met at a church and so that's like kind of been our foundation. Uh-huh. And so we're either a a band that's really well established in that little tiny niche of a punk scene called the Christian punk scene or or we're we're just a regular band that's been playing basements and punk clubs for years so it really depends on your entry point to us and and so i think we definitely sang about faith but for me because of my complicated background with church issues i did i kind of shied away from it a lot of times so um, destroying it, Alan. Now I would say that we were, uh, we are were Christians. If you would have asked me a couple of years ago, I probably would have darted, dodged the question, and 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 run, uh, metaphorically run away to try to not answer it. Well, let's. I guess that's a good uh, springboard. So, I mean, what were your what issues to speak of? Um, for years, I would say I just had kind of a black cloud uh in my background around surrounding church issues um whether that was uh just not wanting to talk about it because it it didn't feel cool or it was just complicated and i was in circles where people were really anti-christian so i didn't want to bring it up well let me Um, let me and sorry let me let me back up so how were you raised i was raised i was um an assemblies of god kid uh, so yeah, that, that's a it's a it's a fun fun starting spot. Why don't you uh, uh, define assemblies of God for people out there that may not know? Assemblies of God is a charismatic, uh, you could call it Pentecostal holiness uh, church. I was in the Northwest, so I'm not totally sure how it is around the country, but the part that I was 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 extremely legalistic and very much focused on how you appeared to act versus like the condition of your heart. And so it was, I was raised with, I always say, uh, every Sunday there's a red-faced piano player and a screaming preacher on the stage uh, warning kind of about the end of the world um, is what it felt like to me. That, that was the foundation, at least, for Looking back, years. Did, did it, does it seem cult-like? Uh, I think it... I think cult-like, I wouldn't say it is a cult because, yeah, I mean, I think a cult is a place that you're brainwashed to not leave with a little stronger hand than just a a pretty mainstream denomination. Sure, but it's like there's a, in that, I'm kind of, I asked myself that question too, look like, but I guess that's like really kind of vague and there's a lot of things that can be considered cult-like. I guess I'd have to go through like the dictionary definition of a cult, but yeah, did you, did you feel damaged by it? Uh, 
I, I mean, I was aware of damage early on because people were just really mean. Oh. Um, and I, and I don't necessarily, uh, now I, I would equate that to, to some way they lived out their faith. But I mean, the church just had a lot of mean people in it that were also helping with the kids. I mean, one teacher, his nickname was killer Keller at the public school and he was in charge of like most of the teenage boys. So it's like, you have oh, this, nice. you know, people trying to stretch out and figure out who they are. And then you have a really mean teacher and that, that sort of, uh, at least in that church, that process repeated itself over and over again. So what? Uh, so why are you not still in the Assemblies of God? <laughs> well, um, there was a church, and uh, actually, my new record, I explore some of this a little bit. Um, these actual stories, but I went to a camp, and there's a few years that kind of jumbled together. But as much as I've extracted them, it was it was a really harsh place. Um, I was I was feeling very very alone at the time. And there was a youth pastor. I liked, I grew up liking sports and there was a youth pastor who was a San Francisco 49ers fan. And I was too. And so I was really excited to get to know him. And then he's like, he basically ignored me for the week. And I, combined with a lot of other um, factors, like it was just a really intense place. And then at the end, it kind of it led up to the very end of the week. There was a chapel service where people were praying to receive the Holy Spirit, which um, in the Assemblies of God is kind of the pinnacle of the experience. Like it's the the affirmation that you really are a Christian is that you have the Holy Spirit. And so, what are the signs? I re- uh, speaking in tongues, mostly that's that's the one that they could really pin down. Um, there's others that they would point to, but that's the one. Um, and I didn't, I. I I really wanted that because I'm a person who wants to feel included and loved. And I mean, I don't want to feel like I'm fake. And so at this church camp, everybody's going up and getting, uh, seeking the Holy spirit and it just wasn't happening for me. Um, and so the whole kind of week led up to a service where people were, uh, apparently getting the Holy spirit and it wasn't happening. And, Somehow I ended up uh, on the front of the church, kneeling, weeping on on the ground, uh, trying to feel connected with God. And this happened for probably at least 30 minutes with me just weeping on the ground, uh, not really getting any uh, interruption or any response from either people or God. And this youth pastor who I really wanted to uh, like me because it was a small youth group and I needed a friend just sat there playing piano the whole time ignoring me. And, uh, I came back from that. I mean, it was totally a, an issue. I'm actually still unpacking, uh, the effects of weeping for 30 minutes, hoping to feel connected with God, um, in that environment. But I came back from that camp, went to one, uh, one service where I felt, I think in retrospect was bullied by some other kids in the youth group and responded strong enough that my parents chose to leave the church and never return. Uh, They went to another church. Oh, so you're you're like the whole family left. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my response was so strong after that camp. And uh, I asked my parents now, like, what did I say? And they don't really remember that (laughs) it was, it was the catalyst for them literally leaving the church and never returning. Um, So I, I am, that's that's how I left the Assemblies of God Church. Uh, I must have been really 
uh, clear in my expression as far yeah. as how much, how, how uh, much I was hurting. So what? So what then? How did you move into playing punk music? Oh, as far from uh, assemblies of God as possible. Ah, uh, I don't know. Like those Jerry Lee Lewis was an assemblies of God guy. So I mean, I yeah, think that's, that's about as as that's true. As fire breathing as you can get in rock and roll as is that guy. Um, but I, I hated music uh, when I left the assemblies of God specifically because probably it's such a big part of that experience. And so to me, music just represented pain. Uh, but it would have been right around the same time. I That's the most emo soundbite ever. <laughs> awesome. Music represented pain. <laughs> It totally, totally did for me because my dad actually offered to give me this really nice stereo that he had for years. And I remember it was a yard sale. He's like, I'm going to give it, I'm going to sell this awesome stereo or give it to you. And I said, no, no, get, sell it. I hate, I hate music uh, in typical like, junior high fashion, get rid of it. And then a few weeks later, I discovered Green Day and it was in 94 and my life was just flipped. Yeah. Uh, upside down. And it was crazy because I remember my dad being like, you could have had this awesome stereo, but you hated music. And then Dude, that, three, three how, weeks later, I was just a... How old are you? 37. Okay, yeah. So I, it would have been... That was still, too. It was, um, yeah, Brain Stew. When I heard that was literally like, what is this? <laughs> like, yeah. what is going on here? No, it, it, it blew my mind. It just became like... I mean, it became my life, for lack of a better word. Uh, and it was, I mean, people, because I'm, I was a, I mean, I'm mean, am a church kid and it was, I was like very used to people describing their salvation moment, the moment where like their life changed uh -huh. and being raised uh, a Christian, I didn't really ever have that moment, but the closest I can identify is when I heard Green Day, my life just completely altered, like from like person that hates music and felt really insecure to kid who's got a very distinct driven passion, uh, which drives him to dye his hair and push limits and get wild and feel confident. See, I was, I was still so, uh, so afraid of, uh, damnation, I guess, or, or whatever, just like sinning. So like I discovered all that music and like smashing pumpkins, but I would like, so when I'd record it off the radio, I'd always like hit stop when they would cuss and then hit yeah, yeah. Record, or <laughs> anything close. And like, I remember when, um, uh, zero that song by Smashing Pumpkins, and uh, when he says God is empty or whatever, I yeah. I would sing along and I'd say God is everything, and that's yeah. So, like, it was still like I was. Oh, gosh, that is so well, funny to think about that I was literally so 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 afraid of even like. Well, I mean, I that didn't at all solve my complication around church, uh, or even drive me out of the like. The Christian world. Um, I mean, even I didn't get another album for, I think it was probably two years, maybe three. I got MXPX on the cover for Christmas because uh, Campus Life magazine had a note that said MXPX for fans of Green Day. And yeah, uh, my, nice. my, my parents were like, you can't listen to, to anything but Christian music. Uh, so I was looking for anything that would have that same vibe. Didn't, um, he, didn't he recently leave the faith? Uh, I think he's been in a complicated space with it, I would say for a very long time. Okay. I, I, I never, I missed the boat on MXPX. Yeah. No, they were, they were huge to me. Um, but their first album was on the cover, which had covers of like 
Keith Green and, and more Christian bands and also just like regular bands. And I, I didn't, I was so like, I can only listen to Christian music. So I crossed out all of the album titles by all the secular artists. Right. That's um, so... so Brian Adams, I still have the CD with it like crossed out and a, a few others. I just like, I didn't know those two worlds felt very, very, very separate to me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I remember Romstein was the first CD my dad threw out of the house. That was the uh, first shot in the in the fight against uh, music, and it was like we don't even know what they're saying. They're singing in German, <laughs> but it just looks evil. Oh, well, we we were all. I mean, I was I went I was a Christian school kid for Ooh. like through through high school, so that also um, factors into my story heavily. But like they, so we were all like these kids that were either a combination of really fearful parents that put them in because they were afraid of the world or kids that got kicked out of public school. Right. So that, it's, 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 it's that the bad it's, kid school. It's around such where a, I was from. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good, it's the really good kid and the really bad kid school. Mm-hmm. Um, but so they didn't want to, the school didn't want us to listen to evil secular music. So they started playing the, the informational videos of the, like, don't listen to secular music. And we just all would take notes of like, Oh, this is what Marilyn Manson sounds like. Awesome. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, I think, I think those were the most, uh, door opening thing for almost, Many, many people that I knew, we just like discovered a world of music that they were trying to talk bad about, but this sounded so cool. Oh, yeah. So what then? Uh, what then? So I got into Green Day in 94, uh, became a punk rock kid, still was was definitely a church person, um, Did you, kind of... You- were you a, a PBR drinking punk kid or just no just no no I didn't ha- I didn't have a drink till I was twenty two. Oh nice! Uh, I was the 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 holiness movement got a hold of me really well. Um, yeah, <laughs> and so I uh, I still like have a a two drink rule I don't violate most of the time. Nice. Um, so it's it's uh it's it's now in hindsight I'm glad that I have it. At the time I was really insecure because I didn't like the taste of beer and I. I didn't know where to get it anyway, and all the cool kids drank, but I didn't. I didn't know how to do that. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a big. Uh, that's a big uh, source of shame, especially like being a guy. It seems like if you can't like handle beer or something. Yeah, I can handle it now, but I mean, I've been on the road for years, so I. I finally, I remember being like, my goal is to figure out how to drink a beer and not just make that really disgusting face. Uh, <laughs> Um, but you know, how some people probably have that moment in junior high or high school, I was definitely like in my mid twenties trying to figure out if PBR was something that was even decent tasting. It's not. No, it's not. If anybody says that it is, is a liar. Yeah. I know you can quote me on that. I just not a big fan of, uh, of alcohol or especially beer. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I was a, a punk rock kid, uh, at a really and I was a punk rock kid and a model youth group kid at the same time. So like I'd be at all the services, uh, pursuing, uh, all of that fully, um, kind of dancing between both worlds. So there was like this, this part of me that really loved rock and roll and this part of me that, that felt connected to God and wanted to be part of that. Um, so I think most of the tension that I started experiencing, uh, pretty much from that point on involved people within, the schools and the churches I was a part of and uh, not understanding my alternative tastes. So like, right. 
getting like getting in conflicts with youth pastors or principals over you know for me it was christian punk like like that was like the like the world of like i mean it's pretty much sanitized uh wild music so it's not not really that wild and so when they're having an issue with me over something that feels really small um it got complicated quick right so what did so when did you start going on the road uh let's see i didn't start in 2004 was my first tour um and then i've pretty much 2004 i did three little weekend tours and then shortly after that i started just having breakdown after breakdown um i was dealing with crying every 15 minutes if i wasn't talking to someone at the, at the worst of my my what? Uh, yeah i was just, just really lonely and really bummed out do you have any like uh, diagnoses uh i didn't that would probably be, have been helpful um <laughs> <laughs> i i just knew that there was uh, i came to figure out there there was a lot of fear and a lot of like broken things inside me and uh so i actually quit music uh for a year to work on my internal process of, of fear a pastor had asked me what would happen if i didn't play shows for a while and um that set off like a whole year of working on myself and uh out of that year came a band called destroy Nate allen who uh at the time was just me playing quiet songs in a corner um but it was like a different type of music it went from like i would say bad social distortion and johnny cash music to uh, something more along the lines of indie folk, and uh, people started resonating a little stronger with the new stuff. Um, and because my my background is is like a touring punk rock world, so when you put out a record, you have to tour. So I, yeah. I ju- in 2007, I jumped in a van for six months and went on tour. And uh, so what this, kind of success did you have? Uh, yeah, that's still up for debate. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think uh, we we've had a we built a small loyal following by playing a bunch and bun- like hundreds of house shows and punk shows around the country. So like most of my friends when I started touring in 2007, they didn't tell me at the time, thankfully, but they thought I was crazy. Um, specifically because nobody knew who I was. I'd played one show as Destroy Nate Allen when I got in the the tour van. Um, and I was like, well, I mean, the world I'm from, you don't have to have a following to tour. You just have to know, like, be willing to do it. Um, and so I just, you know, would show up in towns that I'd never played before and, and figure out where to play a concert, uh, hopefully in advance, and then, you know, build fans with whoever I met at the show. And uh, that's kind of how I, I did it for years. Um, in hindsight now, I mean, I've, I've played a thousand shows, so it's it was working enough to pay the bills when we travel. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was going to say, like, how are you funding all this? Uh, I'm a workaholic, man. Uh, <laughs> I, that's, I mean, that's the, the real answer is I, I'll just outwork anybody. Uh, that's the, I'm a third-generation timber worker from Oregon. Uh, so, I mean, that's, like, ground zero for hard work. Um, yeah. That's what I inherited. So I just, uh, you know, if it, if it came down to it, I would I would just work and figure out how to book a tour. I mean, I'd... I've been a booking agent before, like in a period of time we skipped, but like, so I had like an idea of how to book a tour. So I just, um, I just did it. Nice. And so that's well, yeah. Well, so, so pick it up where you'd like. 
Um, gosh, so that's 2006 to 2012. Um, toured six months of the year, uh, mostly in punk rock clubs and basements around the country. Um, we do 100 to 150 dates a year. Uh, between between those tours, I would come home and take twenty to thirty credits in college, and my wife would um, make money as a tax professional. And those are kind of the two things that we do. Um, so seeing back to the workaholic, like I just, I kind of had a I, I can't stop, won't stop thing with trying to feel secure um, within like music, but also just trying to find you know a good way to make income. <laughs> Because, uh, yeah. you know, touring doesn't really – when you're a small touring band, it doesn't really pay the bills. Um, I think it only pays the bills once you're a, a medium-sized artist probably. Um, I have a friend that uses the phrase making it middle. So until you can fill yeah. decent-sized clubs, you're going to be struggling. Um, yeah. And so, like, I just was pushing really hard. And in 2013, I'm like, man, I really want to figure out how to not be a workaholic, um, how to not be unchecked. And we moved to Kansas City because uh, it was cheap, and we found some work here. And I was like, "Okay, I'm going to work on this workaholic thing," uh, <laughs> which is the you irony. know yeah. the the irony of it all. Um, and lo and behold, uh, as I worked through my own process, my workaholic issues never came up. Um, but eventually, as I worked through. Um, a lot of anxieties and fears, I realized that a lot of my motivation was driven from spiritual abuse, um, which to me was the way, the phrase I use for the cumulative effect of, uh, you know, 30 years of church, uh, eventually and uh, attendance and leadership from in legalistic, dangerous places, uh, or just average places that where people are just kind of, cruel or maybe they're they're mean to you but they're also christian so it kind of like it takes a a double-sided effect to you or like conflicts with with different people that it lasts several years but they're also like oh you're you don't just like me you don't like me and you say that i'm not a good christian um right and so like when i look back at like you know i have this this 30-year chunk of my life that is like it's marked by like rock and roll um it's marked by church attendance and those two like didn't dance very well together. So in like 2013, I'm looking and I'm like, man, maybe what I'm dealing with is actually the same, the effects of somebody who's been spiritually abused, not the effects of somebody who just has a complicated church history. Um, and as I started like, that was a huge light bulb moment for me because all of a sudden it was like, Oh, if I, if I approach my Christian history as, somebody who's been the victim of abuse. Um, there's books on how to heal from abuse. Yeah. Ther- therapists know how to help you. Um, and so I started reframing it that way. And I, I mean, I'd sat in on some, gone through some lists about what victims of abuse uh, suffer from. And I had almost everything on all those lists in reference to my faith experience. So what, um, so like, what did that, what uh like what did the healing look like what were the ideas you had to leave behind and like what you know how oh, did man. your relationship with god change it uh 
it's been really freeing to to know that it's been a there's been an interesting separation between people's actions that i used to just attribute to god um and realizing that those are two separate things so like you know uh, a horrible sunday school teacher or might have just been a horrible <laughs> teacher that shouldn't have been teaching me and uh how i attribute her actions to god is not necessarily um accurate to god um right. and so i think there's been a lot of separation there uh for me it's been a kind of a, a a thorough undoing process like who am i now what do like i think i've gained the permission to disagree with people before i think i was so afraid of um disagreement and rejection that i wouldn't necessarily challenge when i needed to or or didn't really feel the space to disagree with someone uh theologically or philosophically um instead of you know going into that space of like i'm not sure if i think you're representing you know anything the right way i would uh i would just avoid the conversation so now i think there's a lot more space to disagree so what like are your theological beliefs um (laughs) i had a friend ask me this uh, I think my my theological beliefs are the combination of somebody who was raised in Pentecostal mystical traditions, who's worked in recovery for a long time, who's been a punk rocker for a long time. Uh, I think when you blend that all up, you end up somewhere close to where I'm at theologically, which is a, a little bit of a lot of different uh, traditions that that tend to influence where I'm at. So... I I now I believe in a God who loves. I don't. I'm not an original sin believer anymore. Um, which that's. Let, let me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna rattle off. I'm gonna rattle off. Go for things. it. All right. Adam and Eve. Real. Yeah. Why not? All right. I don't. I don't think it really matters. All right. I'll, I'll go with doesn't really matter. That's where I'm at too. Uh, hell, eternal, universal, uh, or um, really overused. I don't really necessarily think it's nearly as big of a deal as we make it out to be. Hell itself? Yeah. Woo. I uh, I kind of want to say I, that I'm not I'm not really sure. I, I just don't <laughs> think um I just don't think the Bible is is necessarily like we shouldn't be clear. worried about it. Um I think it's a horrible motivation uh to True. to know God or to live life. Um I think the the best I've seen is uh I'm going to probably butcher this, but I I have a lot of friends who are Eastern Orthodox, and I like some of their theological positions a lot. And I've read somewhere that the best we can describe is is hell is the absence of God's presence. Um, And I feel like I can settle on something like that. Uh, Anything closer to Dante's description kind of, I think, is extra scary. And uh, not good for me. All right. Science. Is it real? (laughs) Yeah, why not? Those guys are really smart. All right. (laughs) <laughs> premarital sex can you have it uh you can i think we all have a choice <laughs> I, I don't think it's necessarily uh the best way to conduct a relationship that's long term i like it uh bible inerrant uh i think it's written by a bunch of broken people and contradicts itself i think it's Ooh. i think i think god is um I think God uses it, and it's a holy book, but I, I don't think it is necessarily infallible. There's way too many uh, translations, and uh, it's, it's just a big mess. Oof. Somewhere Killer Kenny is 
<laughs> was that was that his name? What was the, what was the the counselor guy? Oh, uh, I don't even remember. I wish I remember the guy's name. Uh, um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm not. I think the Bible is, is a great uh, book that I think God inspired, but I think it's uh, full of a lot of humans. True. Um, so, how do you pray? How do I pray? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let's see. I, I stumped him. <laughs> got me. No. Um, <laughs> I like to pray, pray short and to the point. Uh, I think that's the, maybe the right word. Uh, Through, throughout the day, morning and night, before meals, just like once. You have like a uh, running conversation. I'm always I, interested. I, I, I'm, I'm more running conversation than Me too. before meals or at the night uh, or morning. I if, I if I'm if I'm praying for someone, it's probably along the lines of uh, listening prayer where I'm trying to have an idea of what God actually, what his heart is for them. Um, and then I hope that can be boiled down to a few sentences. Um, I'm not a big fan of long rambling prayers uh, that I, for me personally, I can't really track with what they're saying anyway. So, Do you think God can uh, alter your life? Oh, for sure. So not open theist? No. Okay. Yeah, so God can and does intervene. Oh, yeah, I think he does all the time. I think that not nearly as much as we want him to, and I think he, uh, but I think he can and does. Have you seen any miracles? Uh, yeah, I think I w- I've seen a lot of things that I would, I would call miracles and a few things that I, um, I'd, I'd rank my, my miracle scale like from I'm pretty positive that was a miracle to Oh, that 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 looked that uh, was pretty close. I've not I've not been like praying for someone and seen their leg show up longer. <laughs> um, most of the things that I would say I've seen over time are the kind of quiet miracles of somebody getting a little more peace or yeah. um, like yeah. even there. I remember there's one story uh, when I was my first tour. It was it was 160 dates of me alone in a van trying to figure out how to how to be a rock and roller. Um, and so after basically the, the the story, the short version is I got pneumonia on the first half of the tour. Cool. And uh, so I didn't book the second half uh, until I got to Florida. And I, I was like, man, what am I going to do? Uh, I either take a Greyhound home or I figure out a way to get home. And so I came up with this idea that I could book concerts a day in advance in, in local libraries. And so I started going to the library and booking shows uh, so I'd, I'd be like, I need a show in Washington, D.C. So I, MySpace, fortunately, was working at the time. So I'd get on there and I'd see what concerts are happening within an hour of Washington, D.C. And I'd write everybody. And then that was for two days in advance. And I'd wake up, like, in two days, I'd get an email, like, somebody would say, hey, I can play our concert in Washington, D.C. Uh, and I did that all the way home for, like, three months. But there was one concert. I was like, man, I really need a show in Richmond, Virginia. And uh, I got a phone call, like, this is a thought I had in my mind. It wasn't like a prayer. I don't know the, the difference between thoughts and prayers sometimes. Yeah. Um, it was like, I had an idea of, like, having a show in Richmond. And then I got a phone call. I was like, whoa, that's crazy. And then I get, um, before I could even, like, process that I'd just gotten a call about Richmond, I got another call about Richmond. And I was like, and then before I could uh, resonate that I had just booked two shows in Richmond, I got a third call. <laughs> 
Uh, and I was like, oh, gosh. And it just happened in such a, a succinct pattern that I, I would so, call that like a – uh, like, oh, dang it, God. I said I want to be a rich man, not Yeah, rich yeah. I, I, he's never worked that one out for me. Um, yeah. But uh, I've seen little things, so I'd go with the – were there any, uh, and I mean, if you've played a thousand shows, I'm sure, but like, were there any just awful train wrecks of shows where like either like you opened for someone, like a like a band that was just not the same or just anything oh, stick out? Uh, <laughs> um, I have been shut down mid-song three times. What? Like, over, what was over the, the reasoning? Uh, let's see. First one was we. I needed. I don't know what why in St. Louis actually, it happened. My second tour. Um, I think it was too quiet and they didn't like that. Uh, and they were just like, <laughs> they, they literally, literally shut me off. Um, oh wow! And then this. Oh gosh, these are like the these ones give me nightmares. Um, <laughs> li- literally, I'll stay up like a couple like have a couple hard nights after this happens. Um, oh great! I think the the one that happened last. Uh, really will stick out as long as I'm uh, playing is I was playing my hometown in Oregon, which I used to be like a, I'm kind of rock and roll royalty there just cause it's a small town. And I, one of the few people that got out and toured a bunch yeah. and, and helped the town. Um, so I was playing a show and the whole, the whole night just kept dragging on. I'm like, this is getting really complicated. We really just need to play. And, uh, we kept getting delayed in, and there was a guy, an old hippie who wanted to run his karaoke night that night. Um, and it had been booked opposite our show. And so I'm like, well, like, you know, kind of trying to work out with this guy, like when can we just play, like get it over with. And I mean, we are, a, we can be a punk rock band when we need to be, which means I can get my whole set over in like 15 minutes with destroying Allen. It's like, we're just going to play five songs. We're going to do our whole thing. We're going to like get off the stage, you know, so you can have your night. And, uh, we got four and a half or three and a half songs through the set, uh, midway through the the song, he just goes over to his karaoke board, pushes play on a, a CD, uh, effectively destroys the set, ends our set, and um, blasts it so loud that everyone that's with us is so uncomfortable that they leave, and <laughs> runs it long enough that our set would have been over by the time his his uh, instrumental mix is done. Wow, what uh, a dick! It was totally a dick move. It was like, it was a, a mess. But I think that the silver lining on that one. Uh, was there had been a teenage girl who was who had seen us play earlier and she came to the show but it was a bar so she couldn't be in there and i was like well you know just hang out at my merch table and we'll just sneak you in because uh, it was either that or leave her out in the cold for like a couple hours yeah so she's she's there and she's so pissed at the old guy for being a dick she jumps up on stage and cusses him out in front of everybody and so there's a girl that's like 16 first time at a bar completely and I think justifiably just ripping a guy to shreds. And it was, I don't know, it felt kind of good despite having nightmares for a few more nights. <laughs> Those would be the worst. <laughs> nice. So so bring us kind of um, full circle back to like w- what you're doing now and um, the, the latest uh, project. So I have started a project called Good Saint Nathaniel. Um, that is a product of a lot of healing, a lot of therapy, a lot of recovery, uh, specifically from church wounding, but also just, a um, life. I mean, I've gone through a lot of, 
life challenges the last couple of years. Um, so Good St. Nathaniel is where I'm, it's a somber songs project, and I named it uh, Good St. Nathaniel to kind of set it apart from my other punk rock stuff that I do so people know it's a different experience. Um, so I've written a record called Hide No Truth that is... It's really quiet and really vulnerable. I've healed from a lot of anxiety, so it's it's much slower and much more detailed than anything I've done before. Um, and I think it really highlights uh, the emotion of what it's like to be in a recovery space from church wounding. And instead of being like, hey, let's uh, we all went through this experience and now everything's good, I don't think that's necessarily an accurate portrayal of of recovery or life's process. So, uh, the record doesn't really resolve. Um, it just kind of s- sits in a, a space of like, I think it sits in an optimistic, hopeful space, but it's not, um, it, it stays complicated. Where, uh, when does it come out and where can people find it? Uh, the record comes out February 1st. Uh, you can, Pick it up at highendurancerecords.com or goodsaintnathaniel.com. There's pre-orders and pre-saves and stuff up now. Do you have any songs out? Or Yeah, I have one song called Better that's been released. And on uh, January 4th, there'll be another song called Lightning that's coming out. Um, cool. We'll, uh, I'll, I'll tag that at the end of the episode. Oh. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, any, anything else you want to uh, tell the congregation? Oh, um Hello, congregation. <laughs> uh, thank you for listening. Uh, I, w- I would say that, man, I know a lot of people who are going through complicated uh, church relationships. And uh, whether it's the current political climate or just they're all in a space of trying to figure out who they are in life. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm surrounded by people all the time that uh, either no longer attend church or they feel kind of forced out of church or, or they just, and so I think if somebody has been injured in that space, particularly my kind of observation is you kind of are really presented with two options. Either you ignored it and you act like, you know, the church is okay and it's just full of broken people. So we're all slightly dysfunctional or you leave. And um, I think there's a third option that's maybe more complicated, but for me has been, uh, healing which is to work address and work through the pain from my church issues um and actually kind of face them head on which is um and i think that's an option that is uh for me has been fulfilling because i didn't really want to like i've never really wanted to leave the church i was forced out of certain places Mm -hmm. um but i've i'm somebody who you know despite running in circles of people that really hated God for many, many years. Um, I've not really had a doubt issue. I've more had a, an acceptance and comfortability issue. And so I think if that is kind of where you're at in your space, I think there is a, there is healing and there is recovery, um, without having to, uh, completely bail out, completely bail out. I mean, I think that there's oftentimes need for geographical transition, especially I, if you're in a dangerous place. I, I think that's what I think that's what bums me out so much about. And I mean, this God, this sounds like really arrogant because it's on the assumption that like they're wrong, but like it really bums me out when people do leave the faith because I'm just uh, I, I just really it's like uh, I wish maybe if you could have just held. I don't know. It's like I wish you like I wish 
complete bailout. I don't know. I just hope people keep seeking something. Whatever it is, it's just the... Well, it's a bummer. I mean, it's a super bummer when somebody leaves your your community that you care about. Yeah, um, that, that is a very good way of putting it. I mean, I think that that's, that's sad. Uh, I, I'm of the mindset that um, unless we're w- really aware of what has hurt us and, and dealing with it kind of head on, we are, we're kind of acting subconsciously. So I think a lot of people that I know have left a church space not really aware of how it's affected them in a negative way. They just felt like they needed to move on because, um, you know, it was just not didn't really have serve a purpose for them anymore. But they've actually been wounded, and they don't really know to the extent. Um, right. So I'm I'm kind of like, I have a lot of hope for people that have have walked that way, um, because I don't think that the journey is necessarily over. Um, yeah, uh, that's yes, that's also very true. I mean, I, I'm also like you were talking about. Uh, things that have changed within my belief structure. Um, and I think one of the things is I used to feel really guilty um, for not being able to lead people to Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I used to feel really guilty uh, for not being able to persuade them one way or the other. Um, I'm not very good at that argument debate game anyway. Uh, but I don't really believe that that's my job anymore to, to make people Christians. Um, I believe it's my job to live out love and 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 be pre- as present as I can with people, but like, it's not my job to get them into heaven. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, by, yeah, yeah. by just Very being true. like, ah, it's not my deal anymore. Uh, it's, it's a significantly freer space. I'm like, you know, God can sort out, uh, how the eternity thing needs to look or how their healing and recovery and process is. Um, and that's not my job. My job is just to, to be a decent friend. Yeah. Well said. We'll uh we'll we'll end it with that. We'll we'll thank you so much, Nate. Um everybody go check out Good Saint Nathaniel out uh February first. What was it called again? Hide No Truth. Hide No Truth. And we'll uh play the song at the end of the episode. Thanks again, buddy. Thank you. Ten seconds left until midnight Nine chances to drown ourselves in black hair dark. Eight faces turned away from the shock Seven windows and six of them locked Five stories falling Forever and ever Three chances and the life Thank you so much, Nate. Everybody go check out Good Saint Nathaniel and Destroy Nate Allen. And uh, thanks a bunch, man. Um, so, as... Somebody posted in your thing, I'm drunk. Wait, what? <laughs> Somebody just posted on your Facebook, I'm watching it, I'm drunk. Oh, did they? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, so, okay, so I'm uh, screen sharing with, uh, with Debesh here. We're going to play one round of... Um, Finding Hitler, okay? 
So, Debesh, why don't you just give us a, a random word, and then I will pick first, and then you'll pick second, and so on and so forth. All right, Buddha. Buddha. All right, so that does not count as a click. We are starting now. So it's my turn. Let's see. Uh, oral tradition, sentient. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I got Yeah, so once again, we are searching the blue. If you want to play along at home, we're searching the blue hyperlinks. Uh, that counts as a click, and we are trying to get to Hitler's page. Um, oof, this is tough. All right. Uh, it's all Asian. Darius, Hindu Valley, Buddhist. Oh, wait a minute. Hmm. Isn't the swastika like a Buddhist symbol, but reversed? It was, it was a Hindu symbol. Oh, damn it. Mm-hmm. I just looked at the first thing I saw it was a Buddha head, and so I saw I said Buddha. Ah. All right. Let's see. Shakya clan. Ooh, this is gonna be this is gonna be a tough one. Corpse. That might be. That might be. Corpse, maybe. Yeah. Self indulgence. What would they have to do with Germany or Hitler? I wonder if if they go, if there's any like things on Japan there. Is part of maybe let's see Hindus, Vishnu, oh or Hindus. Isn't this all right? I'm going Baha'i faith, Baha'i because I think all right. So now it's your turn. Okay. Um. So you got religion. So we're we're at one click. Okay. Uh, keep going. You, Jesus would be one because he's Jewish. So think about that. <laughs> yeah. Possibly Jesus or Muhammad. No. Um. <clears throat> Etymology, beliefs, unity of God. See religion. I wonder if they'll have Judaism. Can you control F and go to Judaism? Whoa, dude! What is control F? Oh, control fine. It's the greatest thing. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> do you know about control? No, dude. Do I have I to press enter now? Huh? Oh, yeah. they don't have anything no. on Judaism. I'd go Jesus, man. Okay, let's go Jesus. Where to go? All right. Click number two. All right. Let's see. History of Jesus. Judea. Jewish. Bam. Third Mm -hmm. click. Nice. Now, we should be able to... What? Hmm. That's very short. Oh, oh. That was the table of contents. Sorry, that wasn't... Oh, okay. Um, Ezekiel... Jesus of Nazareth. Episode. Thinking Judaism. Yeah. So this is that was the second click. No, yeah. For one, two. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I think second. Alright. Yeah. Let's find the uh persecutions. 
There we go. Anti-Semitism. Where you see that? Where you see that? Um, it was a bit above. Let's see. Oh wait, your control fine thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Uh, there we go. Oh, there we go. Holocaust. Three. And bam, we're at Hitler. <laughs> Dang! Buddha, even you led me to Hitler. Buddha, see, let that so let that be a lesson to you. All right, Buddha leads you to Hitler. <laughs> it's by a, way, uh, by way of Jesus. <laughs> by way of yeah, fuck, good point. Uh, but he. Well, maybe we were trying to lead Hitler to Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. To the light. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a it's a it's it's a it's a strangely fun game. <laughs> <Y'all> really, <laughs> yeah, I really, I really, I need to play enjoy that. We uh Heath's girlfriend got it in one. What? Yeah, I think what it was Harley type? Harley Davidson in some wow. yeah, that that was one click. <laughs> fucking crazy. That's that is not bode well for Harley Davidson. Um, Damn. So that you know, is... congregation, have yourselves a happy New Year. Stay safe out there. Send us an email, churchandotherdrugs at gmail dot com. Um, if you want to hear my scathing, scathing review of Bird Box, uh, <laughs> Patreon dot com backslash Church and Other Drugs for as little as a dollar, and you get all the bonus episodes. Um, it's Dude. worth it. Yes. Fuck that movie. <laughs> safer on the sidewalk in the shadows out of sight. When a cutting glance of disapproval will give you frostbite. Yes, it's simple to distract yourself while no people die. I just focus on the task at hand, straighten up my tie. But I think we can do better, a whole lot better, a whole lot better than this. Yes, I think we can do better, a whole world better than this. Cheap shot to the injured, isolated in bad health. As easy if you believe they did it to themselves. Yes, I most often hurt the people I love. And it's easy to forget that the hurting need a hug. But I think we can do better, a whole lot better, a whole lot better than this. Yes, I think we can do better, a whole world better than this. But left with my devices in the hand I was dealt, I would sit on the couch lamenting how I felt. But seek first my security, ignoring cause and effect. I'd stay inside my head, never turn my neck. But it's hard to find your foot and keeping one foot in the grave. 
And it's hard to get momentum when you always hesitate Cause we can travel all we want, but we can't escape We're all in this together with a cross-stitched fate 